This is realestateinvestingmastery.com. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. It's Alex Youngblood and Joe McCall here with you. What's doing- up? How's it going, Joe? Good, Alex. How about you? Yeah, we're here doing our Real Estate Investing Mastery podcast. We've got a great guest on the line today. I've learned a ton from him. I, I consider him one of my mentors as well. His name is Chris Chico. We're looking forward to this call. we got a lot of good stuff in store. Anything that Chris puts out is great information. Yeah. Uh, it's not. There's no fluff involved with it whatsoever. This is a man who has done the business that... Uh, uh, he's done it on a larger scale than than most anybody I know of um, out there within the business. So uh, I'm really excited about this call, and uh, I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of it. Um, oh, yeah. He's a funny guy, too. A lot of people don't know that, but uh, we'll see if some of that funniness <laughs> will come out. <laughs> well, hopefully it's clean humor, right, Chris? Yes, yes, we'll keep it G-rated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just need to know. I just need to know how uh, I, I will try to refrain from using profanity in any way. <laughs> Although my definition of profanity is is uh, substantially different than yours, so I have a higher threshold for that. But we'll keep that at a at, at a controlled level. <laughs> okay, but we, we we don't want you to hold anything back, Chris. At the same time, I uh, don't worry. I will not hold anything. Back. <laughs> so you got uh, any good deals going on right now, Joe? Uh you know, I've I've been real busy with a lot of things. I got um, three deals that I will be closing in the next three weeks, two to three weeks. Um, but uh, I mean, I haven't uh, cashed a check on a deal in about three weeks, three or four weeks. Oh, that's so sad. I know it's been a little while, but I got three coming up <laughs> in the next few weeks. Um, what about you, Alex? Yeah, um, actually, we got, uh, I think, got three under contract over the last couple days. Um, one just this morning, actually. Uh, you know, I find as as I do this, um, a lot of times, I mean, I might have passed up on a deal before but because I couldn't wholesale it or whatever, because the numbers were, you know, maybe not in a spot where I'd make 20 grand on a wholesale. You know, I... I'm kind of like to the point where I don't want a $5,000 wholesale deal. I want a twenty dollars or $30,000 wholesale deal. Yeah. So if I got to make a five on it, then I might just go, you know, on the longer. I might I might actually take the deal down and, and put a little bit of money into it and sell it myself. So, um, for instance, this deal here is uh, worth about 200000 as built in 2001. Um, needs carpet and paint, and we could put it right back on the market and undercut the market at like 179. So, you know, buy it for 110, put five into it, 115, and then you know you figure your realtor costs and all that stuff. So we should be able to at least make 40, 45 on it. Make so, sure you stage it. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. We will. We will see if we can stage it as well. But it's a, it, this is one of those markets where it's. It's it's a hot area. The school system is really good. It's not questionable at all. Um, and another cool thing is, and not to confuse anybody, it's in an area that will actually is good enough to for USDA financing. Yeah, so that know. means that somebody can get in there with lower income if they if if they wanted to, 
with 0% uh, or 0% down payment and a very good interest rate and zero title seasoning either. So uh, I actually did one of these recently in North Carolina, and this deal looks very similar to what that one was, but maybe even a better profit spread on it. So well, you got to keep look, us posted on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely will. Hey, definitely don't forget, will. everybody, too, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and get our Fast Cash Survival Kit. It's free. Uh, Alex and I did a bunch of videos on there, five, six hours of video. Just pull back the curtain, share with you exactly what we're doing in our businesses. Um, a lot of what we're going to be talking about in this interview with Chris, we learn from Chris, and we share it with you in these videos. Um, and so make sure you go there. And also leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it if you like this show. Uh, let us know. And you can find us at iTunes. Just do a search for real estate investing. And... Um, we would really appreciate that. I got to say something, too, here. Um, now, our guest, Chris Chico, he was on another podcast uh, who I won't mention, but his initials are Sean Terry. And he <laughs> he kind of he stole our thunder a little bit. But we're, we're not going to uh, let him get away with that. Uh, Sean, uh, you know what? I like you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but we, we got Chris Chico on, and, and both Alex and I uh, kind of got our start from with wholesaling from Chris Chico. Um, you know, it was I, I had had courses in the past uh, where I learned about wholesaling, but I was always kind of frustrated. And then, then along comes this uh, guy from Florida um, who talks about virtual wholesaling. And uh, this was kind of a, it was a hot, um, kind of a new thing at the time a few years ago. And I remember there are a lot of people bashing the whole concept and, and saying, oh, you can't do that. You can't do, do deals in other markets, you know. No, it's impossible. <laughs> it doesn't work. But uh, I really appreciated how Chris presented it. He keeps things really simple, and he uses technology, and he uses virtual assistants, and he has systems in place. Um, so I bought his course, and it was right about that time where I finally just said to myself, I'm going to just stop buying courses. I'm going to take this thing, and I'm just going to do what he says to do. I'm not going to question it. And I started wholesaling deals. My first flip, um, using the postcards that Chris uses, uh, I made $13,000 on um, and uh, just haven't looked back since. So I owe a lot of thanks to Chris. And even though he uh, dissed us by being on Sean Terry's podcast, which, by the way, is a great podcast, uh, <laughs> flip2freedom.com. Sean's a great guy, and it's a good podcast. Um, and uh, so I highly recommend that. But uh, we're, we have some different questions to ask Chris if you've listened to that webinar or listened to that podcast, don't turn it off because uh, we got some other things that we think are more important that Chris are going. Chris is going to talk to us about. But uh, I was going to tell you, don't don't worry. Uh, you know, Sean Terry came and 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 got a chance at the pie first before you guys, <laughs> and un unfortunately, he did take the toppings and the center, but he left you the crumbs and the aluminum, but I'm sure we can make something really great out of this. I know I can. <laughs> I hear they're paying a lot of money for aluminum now. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I appreciate the introduction, and uh, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to share some, uh, I think we're going to kind of talk about I think we we talked about maybe uh, having a discussion uh, maybe a bit of advice about for beginners yeah. you know people starting out um, and also kind of what I see as far as what uh, uh, you know what makes the difference between the people that are you know that start off and actually do something with this business and knows they just kind of go around and uh, you know attending seminar to seminar but not really getting anywhere well Chris I've heard you talk about that before and, and you're really good at that um, and explaining why um, 
sometimes the hindrance and blocks that people have and uh, and ways to overcome that. So I'm looking forward to you um, talking about that. But let's get started on that then, Chris. You, um, you know, we both, we've all had students that uh, get all excited about real estate and they want to wholesale a deal. And then for some reason or another, that excitement just fizzles out and they never really do anything with what they've learned. Why do you think that is? Um, you know, I think that one of the biggest things I think uh, I find is focus um, and uh, just kind of not being focused and, and, and just being distracted. But I mean by that is that, you know, there's so many, obviously, you know, there's so many uh, different uh, courses out there available, so many different webinars that you can attend and, and a variety of different things that, well, you know, anybody looking to do real estate right now uh, has an opportunity to look at a variety of different techniques and strategies and a lot of different people teaching. And I think I think that, that hinders because then, uh, you know, people just uh, jump from one thing to the other. And, you know, this week they're looking at doing commercial apartment buildings and then next week, you know, a couple weeks after that they're looking at something else. And I think that one of the biggest problems I see with people is a lack of focus. And, and, and uh, I remember for me, when I first started, <laughs> I was doing the same thing, just trying a bunch of different strategies, not really getting any traction. And the only time that really I started to see some success is when I really focused on one thing and, and tried to make that one thing work and, uh, and, and, and really put everything else aside. And when I did that, uh, that's when I started to see results, and so my advice, uh, first advice to people starting out, is uh, always, you know, you, you have to plant your flag. Uh, yeah. So, so you have to decide on uh, what strategy you're going to go after. So whether that be wholesaling, short sales, and, and whatever the strategy is, and uh, and focus on that. And within each strategy, there's different things that you can you can go after. For example, you know, there's courses out there on how to get leads online and how to get leads through probate and a variety of different things. But you know, for me, what I did is I focused on direct mail um, in the beginning. And and the reason why I did that is because with direct mail. I always find that whenever I talk to investors that were doing the business and were being successful, uh, mo the majority of them were, were doing direct mail or had or direct mail was a, a uh, you know the main thing that they did and they, they added a few other things here or there to generate leads. But the majority of the leads were coming through direct mail, and for me it just seemed like the perfect uh, way to get going. That I knew that hey, if I you know wanted to. Uh, uh, do some marketing. Uh, if I wanted to talk to sellers, that I could put out some direct mail pieces, and next week I could be talking to buyers and talking to sellers. And for me, that was really attractive. So I think focus uh, is the first thing, um, and I think that's kind of what what you did. You kind of put everything else aside and said, "Let me focus on this course here, make it work." And and for you, it did work, and obviously we're here today. But um, you know, I think focus is a big key. Well, yeah, I was a, a master. Of, I was trying to be a, a jack of all trades, but I was really a master of none. And I think, Alex, you have a similar story, didn't you? you? It wasn't until you really focused on one or two things that you really started seeing some success. Yeah, I was doing a lot of uh, marketing all over the place. I even did TV commercials and bought big, expensive vanity numbers. Uh, you remember, Chris, when I met you at a seminar, I said, hey, what do you think about this number? And you said, get rid of it. <laughs> oh, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I was like, but I like it. It's cool. <laughs> and I said, nobody cares. That's cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. But so I was trying TV. I was trying, um, you know, I was doing bandit signs. I did post-it note campaigns. I was doing all these different things. And, and you know, those aren't necessarily bad 
in and of, of of themselves, but the fact was that I wasn't do mastering one thing before moving on to the next. Right. So so that when I finally started, um, when I did focused all the attention on one thing like direct mail and got the calls coming in, and so okay, now I have something I could work with, and and that's something that's very important too because a, a lot of people don't succeed because they don't put themselves in the position to succeed, and I, I like to call it. Um, forcing yourself to succeed. You have to force yourself to take action. So if, if you send out <clears throat> postcards and you get calls coming in, you're forced to deal with those calls, yeah. you know? And that's that's one thing that is huge because a lot of people just do nothing and nothing happens. But if you put yourself in a position by just taking that, that action, by putting a, together a direct mail campaign, you're going to be forced to talk to sellers, be forced to talk to buyers, and hopefully be forced to make money. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mention that because actually, um, I, I do I do some 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 mentoring with with students, and one of the things that um, that uh, the way the mentoring is structured is is that um, it, you know instead of focusing on on, um, on 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 going through information, we really just focus on action. And one of the things we do is that uh, from the moment you start, uh, the deadline is within two weeks. That you're going to be talking to sellers, and and people sometimes are apprehensive about that, and are kind of worried, and say, "Well, I don't know if I, you know, if I'm ready to talk to sellers, or I don't know if I know everything to say." And 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 it's funny because my answer is, um, "Well, you you know, it doesn't matter if you're going to be. You, you, we're going to try to get you ready. We're going to do everything we can to get you ready. But in the end, uh, in two weeks' time, you're going to be talking to sellers, whether you like it or not. And um, if you're not ready, then you know, uh, we're going to get you ready." Yeah. So I definitely agree with with what you said, Alex. In that you have to kind of force yourself, um, and, and I think that what happens with most people is that most people tend to worry about um, things that really don't matter for right now. So, for example, a lot of times, um, uh, you know, people will email in asking, you know, they haven't done anything, they haven't sent out their mail, they haven't done anything, and they're asking questions about, hey, what happens when I close a deal and I have a buyer and a seller in this scenario. And my answer to them is always, why are you even worried about this stuff? You haven't even sent the mail out. You don't have any people to talk to, but yet you're worried about this thing that's that's potentially out 35, 40, you know, 60 days from now, and and you're never, you know. So a lot of times, I think what people do is that they 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 want to, you know, they want to know everything that's going on. They want to know all the pieces of the puzzle right now, today, but. In the end, what really all you need to know right now is what do you need to do in order to get to that next step. And so the way I approach it is, hey, let's not worry about that. Let's not worry about how to close a deal. Let's worry about getting the sellers to call. So that's the marketing. And then once we we're talking to sellers, let's worry. Let's let's then deal with, hey, how do we talk to them? How do we make offers? How do we evaluate properties? And then once we get to that point, we find a deal that's worth it. Then hey, how do we? Let's go and work on buyers and let's work on getting the buyers into the property. So you kind of work on it step by step versus. What a lot of people do, I think, is that they're worried about too many things in the beginning and trying to just understand everything. When in fact, um, that just you know even causes even more stress because it you know I, I'm a firm believer in that the way you learn is by being out in the field. And so yeah. even though I can give you the best training possible in talking to sellers, you're never really going to get that great until you actually start talking to sellers. Until some of them. Uh, chew, you know, <laughs> so, until some of them tell you that they think that you bought a course yesterday late night and you're trying to talk to them over the phone, you really don't know what you're doing and you're an idiot. Um, nothing beats that for experience. You know, <laughs> actually, uh, 
uh, listening to a course. So you know, how's that for selling sell, selling a course? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's very well, good. Know, I mean, I I always tell my students, I say, look, if you worry about steps seven and eight, you'll never get anywhere. You don't worry about steps seven and eight until you start doing steps one and two, because that'll just take care of itself. The most important thing in this business when you're getting started that you need to worry about is marketing, leads, getting your phone to ring. And I think so, for some reason that's the, that's the hardest thing to get going. And I think maybe some students are afraid of success. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think people also, <coughs> they're, they're afraid of success, but I think that also too people are afraid of making mistakes. Yeah. And um, you can't avoid making mistakes. You know, this is a, I was... Uh, there's, there's a um, uh, a mentor of mine that I think you also know, Joe, and I think you know uh, Alex. His name is uh, Rich Sheffrin, and he always talks about the fact that as an entrepreneur, which we all are by being real estate investors, that in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to deal with a certain amount of ambiguity and um, and uncertainty. Yeah. And so a lot of times, I think people can't really handle that. The fact that hey, you know, people come and they sign up for the program, and 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 they want hey, I I want to you know, if I send out X number of pieces, can you guarantee that I'll get a deal? And the answer is no, because nobody can offer you the guarantees. If you're going out, and if you if you if you want guarantees, then really the only thing you can do is get a job, and and even that's not a guarantee nowadays. <laughs> so yeah. So I think that people, I think people have to own up to the fact that, you know, I, I think people want to make the money, but they don't realize that sometimes that that you have there's a price to pay for that success, and that you're going to have to take some bumps and bruises on the way, and you know the reality is that's why most people fail, and then that's why most people are not making the kind of money that that you know that they that they dream of have of making just simply because of that. So. Um, uh, you know, so I, I think that, and also I think that uh, the other thing I think about is the fact that I always use the analogy of driving a car. You know, when you when you get into a car, you turn on the ignition and you put it on drive and you go. And that act in and of itself is a very simple process to follow. Much like when you hear about wholesaling and and how wholesaling works, it's the simplest way to get involved in real estate. A lot of people don't realize that, like the car. You know, the car, although it's easy to do what I just described underneath the hood is a whole series of systems that work in order to make that possible and a lot of times people don't understand that there is a certain level of complexity that exists to take that transaction and from the very beginning of talking to the sellers all the way to the end of closing the deal and I think that not realizing that you know thinking that it's going to be so easy then when they encounter any sort of uh, resistance or they have any sort of obstacle then people generally would just give up because they weren't really expecting it so I you know, for me, one of the things we're 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 trying to do with people is just let them know up front that hey, you know, this is not you know, say if you buy my course, you're not gonna money's not gonna come from the sky and it's gonna you know come knocking at your door. You're gonna have to work, and in some instances, you're gonna have to work your butt off in order to make this happen. But if you want to make the money, you know, that's what you have to do anyway, regardless of whatever you do. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. <coughs> so, Chris, when a when a student comes to you and wants some coaching. What are some of the first things you do with them? You know, my approach, and this is kind of, a, I think, a framework. The, the the approach that I use, I think, would be a great framework for anybody that's that uh, that's looking to get started with the business. And really, the approach is, I like to think of uh, things in a short term, uh, you know, perspective. Meaning that instead of looking and sitting here and saying, "Hey, what do we want?" You know, what's our thirty day goal, sixty or ninety day goals? What do we want to accomplish in the next six months? I don't like to to work in that sort of time frames because 
you know, if you, if you think, hey, what do I want to accomplish in the next 90 days, before you know it, 90 days has come and gone and you haven't done shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cuss like that. It just came out. <laughs> sorry. Um, but I think it's appropriate. Um, yeah. So I, I like to work in two-week increments. So, you know, instead of say, what do I want to do in the next 30 days? What do we want to do in, the, in these next two weeks? And then once we get to that next two weeks, we analyze what we've done, where we're at, and then uh, what are we going to do the next two weeks after that? So for me, um, the first thing I would say is, is, is you need to get your marketing out. That is the most important thing. Without, talk, without you having any leads you know, that you can talk to, you're never going to get anywhere. So really the first objective is what do you have to do between now and the next two weeks in order to start talking with sellers and at least start you know, putting yourself in a position where you have a chance of putting a deal together. So that's kind of what we start off at, and really, it, 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 it's it's basically within two weeks. Um, you know, if you want to do the wholesaling, you don't really need to go after. A lot of people think, well, I need to go go after and get get you know find buyers first before um, before I can actually talk to sellers. And to me, that's backwards. I believe in that. You got to find the sellers first because if you find a great deal you'll find someone to sell it to. You'll find That's a buyer. Right. It's very easy. But finding the deal is the most important thing. So really, the first week um, uh, with, with, with my methodology would be is you establish, first of all, and we can go into the details of this, establish what market you're going to go into. And then you then would then uh, you know, get, get whatever seller records you need in order to go ahead and do marketing to that area. And really, the only thing you need is just to have your seller records uh, get signed up with Click2Mail, which is you know for direct mail, uh, to go ahead and get 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 your postcards out, and then you would need a um, uh, a, a means of getting people to call you, which on my end is what I'd recommend, and 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 I think this is what you guys use too as well, is a 24-hour recorded message. So yeah. the three things you need is you need you need a, you need a list of people, right? You need uh, the direct mail piece in order to send out mail to those people and you need a phone number so that when those people call then you can process uh, the leads and then be in a position where you can call them back uh, but really what we try to do what I try to do is you know what can we do in the next two weeks so that in two weeks uh, you could be actually talking by the third week you're talking to buyers and sellers yeah and I think that working with with that sort of urgency I think would help a lot of people because um, you know before you know it six months have passed by and you still have that course sitting on your you know, on your on your desk, and you haven't done anything with it because of procrastination. You know, life gets in the way, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm not sure was that. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you know, I did. And and I was thinking for those of you too, by the way, if you want to hear Chris's story um, and how he got started in real estate, go listen to Sean Terry's podcast that he did just recently with him um, at flip the number two freedom dot com, or go to the website or iTunes and look it up because you'll uh, Chris talks about how he got started in real estate. Uh, your story is kind of funny with that credit card that you get, um, and, and you, you used it all in direct mail. But your back was against the wall, and I think the key to what you're saying, Chris, is just keep it simple. Uh, don't don't overcomplicate it, and just take action. That might be just the best, simplest advice you can give to somebody just getting started. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then the other thing, uh, well, let me get my because I had a little. Uh, so you know. For me, I think they just you know people just make things too complicated. Now, one of the things that and people people put too much pressure. What I would tell people is this: is that even if all you do was go go out and send a hundred postcards, you know, to a hundred sellers, yeah, you know, even that in and of itself begins that momentum to to, to kind of start to roll. 
Um, and it also keeps the, you know, a lot of people afraid of, hey, am I going to do it right? What if I do it wrong? What if I mess up? Well, you know what? If you're going to do that, if, if you're afraid of messing up, then just do, you know, what I recommend people when you do direct mail, do a small batch of mm-hmm. postcards. You know, just do a couple hundred sellers. If you do a couple hundred sellers with click to mail, it'll cost you under $100. And if you screw the whole thing up and you just, you know, just completely botch the whole thing up, you know, you've, you've lost $100. It's not that big of a deal versus, you know, you're not going to go out and on your first time try to send out 2,000 postcards and you don't know what you're doing. And then in the end, you end up screwing the whole thing up and you end up losing that money. So, you know, the, sometimes the easiest thing you could do is just start small and at least get something going. And then you can just kind of move things from there. Um, my but, first <laughs> go my first mailer I sent out was uh, like 5,000 or 6,000 postcards. <laughs> and I had the wrong number <laughs> oh, nice. i put i had the wrong digit on there but see i i, I had the uh intention of taking action and, and doing the right thing and and to give you an example of how crazy i was trying to get this thing off the ground i didn't understand excel at all and i didn't understand how to work formulas and how to eliminate dupe, duplicates records and all this stuff i actually went through the spreadsheet of 10,000 records no. and individually no. <laughs> deleted oh, yes. duplicate records. <laughs> I used to do that, you know, before when I first started with Excel. I didn't know about, you know, I really didn't know too much about formulas. And I always oh, do that. You scroll down the list to try to see if you can no. catch it, right? No, it was terrible. Oh, did, you, no. did you even know how to sort it, Alex, so you could see? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That I did. So that okay. way I could kind of spot, oh, oh, that one looks similar. Okay, let's get that one. Oh, oh that yeah. one looks similar. Let's get I, that one. I, I, think, I think Joe uh, Alex was trying to measure the uh, the uh, the extent of your ignorance. <laughs> Whether that you would even sort them in alphabetical order. That would be tough. If you, did sort them, wait, if you did sort them in alphabetical order, then you'd have to remember all. Oh, you know, that was really tough. Yeah, that would be really tough. So, so that was my first experience, and I was like, "Wow!" And to see, the one thing is, I actually put a website of mine on the card, so that saved me. I got a couple people come to the uh, website or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if I can't remember if I got a deal or not from that. I I might have, but. <laughs> But but I was like, wow, this guy Chris, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then, you know, <laughs> hey, I put you know, my, 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 when I first you were one of the first ones that that bought my course back That's when right. it was it's called Absentee on the Profits because it was just the the, the the marketing aspect of it. That's and, right. Uh, and I I did I did. I you know that was let me tell you when I uh, when I first started <clears throat> when I first started click to mail was just in its infancy so people complain about it like being quirky now. That that was horrible <laughs> back then. I mean, it was just horrendous, slow. <laughs> and I started with Click to Mail back at the very beginning, and it was doing, you know, um, you know, with Excel and everything else. And I really didn't know what I was doing, and it was it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error, um, <laughs> very much trial and error. It's still but a little clunky. I did clunky. get it right. <laughs> the one. I did get it right, and then uh, you know, then the wind, you know, that was like, you know, and I sent out like. 7,000 postcards and got like 400 calls and it was all good. So, you yes. know, here's here's the thing with direct mail. I, I can hear some people saying, well, man, everybody's doing direct mail. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Uh, direct mail is old school marketing. You know, does it really still work today? Chris? 
Well, you know, oh, I thought you were just talking to yourself. <laughs> well, I was, you. but... Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Here's my question to that. You know, the interesting thing about direct mail is that um, most people, you know, if somebody's sitting there with a, pro with a problem property, right? Let's say the property, the tenant isn't paying rent. Maybe it, it needs repairs. Right, it didn't get that way by itself. It it got that way because that person neglected the property, just kind of let things go. So if you think about that, if you think that kind of mentality there, you know, typically that person isn't going out there on Google and trying to search, you know, for a solution to the problem. Because if they were actively, if they were proactive about things, they wouldn't have this problem to begin with with this property. So you know, direct mail is great because we're hitting people where you know they're they're you know we're we're it's we're hitting people. At a point where they're frustrated with their property, and and yet you know they they don't know exactly what they can do in order to fix the problem. You know they're not you know a lot of the people that we deal with you know though you know, like you me and and you know us three on the line we're we're you know we're on the computer all the time and you know but the majority of people don't are not on the computer. The majority of the people you know check email like once every couple of weeks you know or maybe even have somebody <laughs> else it. check it for them. And, uh, you know, there's people out there that live in a completely different world that uh, if, if, if it wasn't for our postcard, they wouldn't even, um, you know, they, they wouldn't even know what to do with their property. Um, and also, too, a lot of people say, well, gee, if everybody's mailing, you know, what, um, you know, is it, is it going to be saturated? And the answer to that question is no, because you're always going to hit people at a different time frame. If, if yeah. I send direct mail today and then Alex goes right behind me and a week later sends direct mail... There's going to be a slight overlap, but he's going to get new people that call him versus me because he'll get people at a different time. Maybe they'll, they'll throw my card away, but for whatever reason, that day of the week, he sent his, and now they're, they're taking attention to it, and now they want to do something. So, um, But also direct mail, if you look at any other, any other way of getting leads, there's no other way of getting leads that you know, if I wanted to say to talk to 100 sellers you know, next week – there's very little out there that you can do in order to generate that much volume. I mean, you yeah. know, people say you can find buyers and sellers on Facebook and on Twitter and all this other stuff, but you know, that's marginally effective. You know, the only way really going to get a lot of people to call you and be in a position where you have a chance of doing a, a decent volume of deals is through direct mail. Well, and you know what else? It puts you on the level playing field with the other big-time investors out there. Cuz many times you're the uh, you know, you're the third or fourth postcard that they get. And right. it's, it's finally, okay, I'll finally give this guy a call. I've gotten calls from sellers who say, yeah, I've gotten six letters from you, <laughs> and I saw your billboard up on the freeway the other day, and I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to call this guy and see what he has to say. And they're interested in selling their house. Of course, I never sent the previous letters, and I don't put any billboards up, but right. they're just getting me confused with the other full-time investors are out there. So it, the great thing about direct mail is that it works, and it's been working for a long time, and it will work for a long time. And uh, you get to target the homes that you want to buy. And uh, you get to, if, you, if you're just getting started, many times, you, you like I just said, you'll be the third or fourth post postcard that these people get. And uh, they're, gonna, they're not going to know the difference between the companies, and, and there's a yep. very good chance they'll call you. It's not – see, a lot of people think of this business as of, you know, how, does it work? And I, I, that's kind of like, you know, like a, a magical term. People are thinking, you know, they're thinking, is this going to work? Am I magically going to get leads? But you have to think of it in the form of what's really going on. And what's really going on is there are sellers or there are homeowners, I should say, who have run down properties, who have tenants that aren't paying their rent, who are annoying them. And there are sellers or 
homeowners that have problems and have issues and people are dying, unfortunately. And there are people that are behind on their bills and need to sell. And you ask yourself, <laughs> will that will those con will will that criteria of people exist at all times? And the answer is yes. <laughs> right. That's always going to be around. There will always be people with those issues. So now, do people have those issues at a constant time in their life? No. But does it do, when you have a problem, do you expect it to happen? Do, you know, are you planning on you know? this bad thing happening to you or the fact that uh, um, you know the tenant didn't tell you that there was a leak in the roof and now the thing caved in you don't plan on that stuff so when we send mail it hits people at certain times in their life like the term life is a parade you know it's always moving by and there's always something happening at a different time so when we put ourselves in the position to succeed by sending them a direct mail piece Again, that's that that's what it is. But you have to put yourself there to make it happen. So yeah. Hey, Chris, what other advice would you give to beginners, people just getting started? Do you have anything else written down, or did we pretty much exhaust that? You know, I, I just um, I, you know, for 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 beginners, um, I think I I think that I I'm a firm believer in that success is uh is 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 uh. 20% of the action you take and 80% of what's what's happening inside between your ears. Mm, yeah. And I think I think just a lot of times just people uh you know just people people it's just amazing just uh people the the amount of obstacles that the people put in their own way. You know it, it's it's like you know the business there's some inherent difficulty with the business as far as you know getting things done and you know and and doing a deal. It's always the case, but people make it uh, uh, even more difficult. Uh, you know, my best advice for people is that um, is that you have to be okay with you know. I'll just quote again what Sheffern said: is that you have to be okay with a certain amount of of uh, ambiguity and uncertainty. You know, there's no guarantee that if you do any sort of marketing that you're going to find a deal. You know, people say, hey, I mailed out 200 postcards. I didn't find a deal. This doesn't work. I said, well, it's only you spent $80, $100 on postcards, and you want to make a $10,000 deal, but you're not willing to spend any more money. And I, I just look at it as it, it's like any other business. This is an ROI type of game, meaning that if you spend, you know, in any business out there, you know, if you if you go out and you get a, a, a Subway or any sort of franchise, you know, you might, or if you own a restaurant, you might make a 10% margin, 20% margin if you're lucky, you know, meaning that you, you know, uh, as far as how much money you get back from whatever whatever investment you made. If you look at this as a, as a business that you're going into a joint, uh, um, a venture, a business venture, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, if you spend $2,000, uh, and or three thousand dollars, and in the end, you you made a deal, and you made ten thousand dollars from that deal. You made a seven thousand dollar profit. There's no business out there that you can start with so little money and so little experience, and yet have that kind of ROI available to you. And I think people don't understand that the fact that you know that, that I, I granted there's a lot of people that don't have the money for marketing, and so you just kind of have to do little by little as you go along. But you know you got to look at this as a business, like any other business. Any business out there that you start requires marketing, and marketing is the lifeblood. And um, you know, and it, there's no guarantee. You know that hey, if you send out 200 pieces of mail, that doesn't mean you get a deal. It means that you have to send another 200, and you know, you may have to send out a thousand mailing pieces before you get any one bite. 
But even if you send out two thousand mailing pieces, you spend a thousand dollars and you put a deal that together that that makes you ten grand. That's that's a big profit based on what you what you spend. So I think a lot of times people don't really get that part of the business that it's an ROI game, and, yeah. and they just expect they expect miracle results. And uh, uh, I don't know, there's no miracle results. <laughs> well, you definitely have to be persistent and consistent and and refuse to quit or give up. Because um, you know, I'm sure there's been times when uh, you've spent that uh, you sent two thousand postcards. And did not get any deals from that, but does that mean you quit? No, it may be that the next two thousand you sent, you get two or three deals out of that. Right, exactly. It's, you got to have that long-term commitment, a long-term view. hundred percent uh, of that. So I think a lot of the, like, you know, I'll give you a, a couple quick recommendations. Is that uh, you could probably you can look this up on the net, but uh, there is a uh, course by uh, Kevin Trudeau. Which Kevin Trudeau is a kind of an infomercial guy. Uh, he's had some running. You know, the guy. Everybody. Some people say, "Well, gee, you know, why? Why are you recommending that guy? Because he's in trouble with the FTC." But you know, listen. I don't. Regardless of whatever that guy has done, he knows how to do one thing really well, and that's make a lot of money. <laughs> so I, I, I kid around. I said, you know, yeah, he paid the FTC twenty million dollars, but you know, he made a hundred. So you know, uh, you, yeah, yeah, you make a hundred, you pay twenty in fines, and you end up with eighty million. You know, I might consider yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I never knew this though. What? His, his, uh, his name is Kevin Trudeau. He has a program called Your Wish is Your Command. You can look it up on the net. And it's called Your Wish is Your Command. And it's really a great program. It's really kind of like a, it's a spinoff of, uh, of Think and Grow Rich. And it's really about, you know, how to, how, how to, how to start thinking, how to, how to start thinking the right way and, and really thinking abundantly. And it's a little bit about the, the, uh, the law of attraction. Um, and it's a great, I think that's a great book for people. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, it, actually, it's an audio program that he sells. Um, so if you just Google that, your wish is your command, you'll find it. Um, and you know, when we, when you search the guy's name, Kevin Trudeau, you're gonna see people post negative stuff about him here or there. But I got to tell you, that program I've been through three times, and I listen to it regularly, so I highly recommend it. And there's another guy named John Kehoe, K-E-H-O-E, John Kehoe. Uh, he has a program called Mind Power. And uh, he has a book. You can buy the book. You can get the audio program. I actually got the audio program. And again, that one there, I listen to very frequently. And that one is a more of a, uh, it's a more of an implementation, uh, implementation of the law of attraction. So if anybody's here familiar with the secret, you know, secret kind of gives you, you know, the, the law of attraction in a very, uh, in a very overview way. But you know, all it tells you is just, you know, hey, you got to think about, you know, you want a new car, think about a new car, and you know, people think, oh, that's all I have to do. But it's not really the case. Um, you really have to condition your mind for success, and and really, um, it, it's not as easy as the secret makes it out to be. Yeah. This guy John Kehoe with his program Mind Power, uh, it's a great program that will take you step by step as far as how to. You know how to how, how to condition your mind for success. How to keep the negative thoughts away, um, uh, keep the negative thoughts away, and 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 I would highly recommend it to anybody. Um, and again, I probably listened to his audio course probably at least four times already. Wow. And it's always one of those things that I listen to. I'll probably listen to it again uh, in a few months. And I always have it in. I have a habit on my iPhone all the time. And I always, whenever I, ha I have anything to do, I said, "Screw it! I just listen to this guy. He has some good stuff to say." <laughs> Um, so those two are really some, you know, pretty. Uh, I would recommend those to to anybody out there just looking to uh, feed some good stuff into their minds. Good. Um, uh, and then the other thing is is also, um, you know, a lot of times, 
Uh, one thing I would mention, this is kind of a, a little bit of a pet peeve. It really annoys me when people email me. Uh, you know, people email me. Uh, sometimes they buy the course. Sometimes they don't buy the course. Maybe they're asking questions, and and people sometimes have this perception. You know, they they say to me, "Hey, Chris, you know, I want to get started, but I want to I want to go ahead and get a, a get a virtual assistant, and I want the virtual assistant to kind of handle all the calls, and I want to kind of be as off off hands as po- you know, kind of off you know hands off as possible. Uh, is this really?" Really, is this will this work? You know, can I do that with your system? And now, yet these are the people that are asking me this stuff that don't know anything about real estate, haven't done a deal, don't even know how to talk to a seller, but yet they're asking me, "Hey, how can I outsource this and get somebody else to do the work?" And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Yes, you could do that. Alex does that. He has a VA. I actually uh, have somebody here uh, in my office that is that that handles all the seller calls as they come in and and does a lot of the the heavy lifting when it comes to that but you can only do that after you know what you're doing if you don't know what the hell you're doing how are you going to be able to um uh to to delegate you know these tasks to somebody else so i think a lot of people read books like the four hour work week and 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 some of these outsourcing things and they just think that they can come in and just you know outsource everything i don't want to do anything all i want to do is just push a couple buttons and have it all work out for me and I think that that's kind of a, a really, that's a bad way to come in, start to think about this business because if you if you come in thinking that way, you might as well just, you know, don't even begin because um, it, it, you're just not going to make it. I see people all the time that try to do that. And in the in the beginning, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. You're going to yeah. have to be the one that handle, you know, because how can you give advice to somebody about hey how how you know how to how to process the leads as they come in, how to analyze comps properly, how to pull the right information if you've never done it yourself? You can't. You really can't. Yeah. And uh, even for me, uh, I just recently I recently just hired somebody. Um, uh, you know, you know, just brought somebody on board to to handle the seller calls, and I really need I needed to reevaluate uh, how we process leads and just trying to make sure that it was as efficient as possible. So, you know, what I did was I actually went through and I actually went through and fielded and and processed leads myself and went through the whole thing and as a way of of, of, of for me to really look at it and say, okay, here's how it's being done and, and, and maybe here's some of the things that we can do differently. And I know exactly what needs to be done, but even for myself, I needed to go through that process in order for me to, you know, get better clarification on, on um, you know, how to, how to do everything. And so, um, you know, my best advice to everybody is, is that in the beginning, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. Uh, it is definitely possible to outsource a lot of the task and really only focus on the most important things. Uh, but in the beginning, really, that's not, the best way to approach it. The best way to approach it is is you got to do some of the, you got to do most of this stuff so that you can oh, understand yeah. how it all works. Um, and and a recommendation I'm going to give everybody here is, is is a book called I'm sure everybody's heard of the Four Hour Work Week. If you haven't, it's a great book. Um, it, it, I look at it more of an overview book just to kind of get in your head the whole concept of outsourcing and the, really the potential that it has in order to be able to liberate you from your business. Uh, I uh, the the book really that I recommend is a book called uh, Work the System by a guy named Sam Carpenter. And, uh, and, and that book is great because it, it takes the, the four-hour work week and really digs down really deep and really uh, kind of uh, illustrates a framework that, uh, and a process that you can follow to really systemize everything, not only in your real estate business, but in, in any part of your life that you want to do, anything that you're doing. What was that called so, again, Chris? It's called Work the System by Sam Carpenter. Okay. Okay. And um, 
I highly recommend that book. I've recommended that book, and a lot of people have gotten a lot out of it. Um, so, uh, and I and I use that um, I use that all the time. Um, and um, you know, I was going to ask you maybe if you guys wanted to just uh, chat about some of uh, maybe uh, some 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 of the tools maybe that that uh, I've been using that maybe people might find helpful. Yeah, definitely. I, really, sure. I was wanted to talk to you about the systems and so the, some of the tools that you use. Um, so you stole my thunder, but that's okay. Okay. Well, um, I, I, this is something that uh, that I, I, you know, everybody struggles with this. So, in other words, that uh, as far as being opportunistic, everybody here has a lot of things that they want to do, and at the end of the day, um, there's you're limited. So I think that. Um, one of the things that I've learned is that you really have to let me let me let me let me let me think about how I'm going to explain this. I used to do I used to work off to-do list, right? So I would create all these to-do lists, and yeah. as I go along, I'd add all this stuff to it. And the problem with to-do lists is that you tend to lose lose uh, the grasp of really how many how many things you really have in in that to do list, especially now with digital, where everything is digital. If you had a to do list on a yellow pad and you started, you know, just putting all the to dos down, eventually you you know you sit there with a yellow pad that's completely full. You think, oh my god, I got a lot of stuff to do. I'm never going to do this. But now with all these you know different tools that are available, you can you can create a to do list that's you know 100 pages long and it wouldn't matter to you because you don't see it. You know, it, it's not you you can't really physically touch it. And so one of the things that I've started to do recently, which has worked work really, really well, is I work off of a calendar as a to-do list. Okay. And by that, I mean that a lot, I think a lot of times people, if, you, if I sit here and I say my day starts at 9 o'clock and it ends at 6 o'clock and you think I have six hours you know, plus another three in the morning, you still have nine hours, you still have a lot of time to do everything. A lot of people don't really realize that you really don't, you don't have a lot of time. If you consider, you know, breaks, if you consider that you got to go to the bathroom every so often, you got to eat, you know, you got to talk to human beings, maybe you talk to your wife or your kids or whatever, you only got a, a very limited amount of time that you have available during the day. Yeah. And uh, I, I, for me, you don't really realize how much time you have until you start blocking and so you start working off a schedule. So I use I use Gmail, I use uh, so I use a uh, you know standard uh, calendar app on, on Gmail. And what I do is that when I have a to do list, I have things that I want to do for the week. What I do is I sit with my calendar and I start setting appointments. Hmm. And uh, I'm a firm believer in that if if it's not in your calendar, if it's not in your schedule, then it doesn't exist. So if Joe tells me. If Joe says, hey, Chris, I want you to look at, you know, could you look at this thing for me and give me your opinion about this, right? Yeah. So I can write that as a to-do list, but, you know, it's just going to sit there with another 200 items that I have on my to-do list that's never going to get done. And Joe's going to think, oh, Chris, he's such a bastard. He never looked at that thing he promised to look at, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it just got lost. So what I do is I, if I'm going to make that commitment to, to do that for you, then what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to actually put that on my calendar. And I work off of, I'm a big uh, fan of the, what's called the Pomodoro technique, um, which is that you schedule your blocks of time in 25-minute increments. And if mm. you really think about it, um, and it's a great, every, you guys can Google it. I, I, if you Google Pomodoro technique, I think the first one or two sites will show up. And what it is is basically it's saying that you know the ideal time to work is in 25-minute increments. So if, if we take an hour... An hour has twenty, you know, two twenty-five minute blocks, 
So that means that I work for 25 minutes nonstop on, on a particular task. I, I stop, get a rest for five minutes, work again on the next task, then stop for five minutes, and then continue on that way. So every time, every time I look at something, I look at 25-minute uh, block increments. And so the reason that's valuable is because if Joe tells me, hey, could you do this? And I'm thinking, oh, it's only going to take me a few minutes. Well, how many times have you done something that you thought was going to take you a few minutes? Next thing you know, it's 20 minutes later, you're still working on that thing. Yeah. So I think a lot of times we underestimate how things, how long things will take. So now if Joe says, hey, Chris, could you do me a favor? Could you look at this today? Already I'm thinking to myself, I get to give Joe 25 minutes of my time today. And I start looking at my calendar. And before I commit to Joe, all of a sudden I realize, you know, Joe, there's no way that I can look at this for you because if I looked at that for you it had to take something else out of the calendar in order for me to be able to you know do that for you mm -hmm. so what I've started to do is just schedule blocks of time and the blocks of time are scheduled uh, depending on the task like for example if Joe if Joe needed me to look at this one particular thing like say hey Joe he says Chris could you analyze this deal look up the comps look at the pictures and give me an idea of what it's gonna you know what it's gonna work I know that's not gonna be a five-minute task that's a 20 you know I got to earmark 25 minutes so now I have to put that on the schedule um, if it's a whole bunch of little tasks say I have to do a whole bunch of small little stuff then I might say you know what um, all those tasks you know I'm gonna set aside an hour today or an hour tomorrow, and I'm going to put that hour in my schedule, and that hour is going to be for um, for taking care of a whole bunch of miscellaneous tasks that I have on this to-do list. And I'm going to, you know, when I sit down, I'm going to do the most, the best I can for an hour, and after that, I'm going to move on. Yeah. And and so for me, the reason I I, I mention this is because a lot of people don't really rea don't really realize how much how, how little time they have. And a lot of times what ends up happening mm -hmm. is that you overcommit to stuff. And then the end of the day, the end of the week, you end up not really accomplishing anything. And so for me, one of the biggest things that I've done recently is I work off a schedule. So everything is, you know, this call that we had, this call that we had was scheduled. Yeah. I, I wanted to make, I wanted to just make some notes about the call before we got on. So I scheduled that on my calendar and I get a reminder about that um, if I have if I look at my calendar here everything is scheduled on my calendar everything from um, you know I have a I have a, a, uh, I have a, a two daughters so uh, around 530 you know is kind of when we um, well, they, you know they, they, they eat and then they, they kind of we start the bedtime routine that's on my schedule um, I work out you know six to five five days a week so that's on my schedule um, Anything I have to do, if I have to make a call to somebody, anything I have to do, it, it's always on my schedule. And I think that what that does for me is that enables me to uh, have a really clear understanding of how little time I have and how little things I can really make commitments to if I really want to accomplish the big things that I want to do over the course of the week yeah. or the day or whatever. That's good. And when, uh, Go ahead. When do you plan out that schedule? When do you sit down and say, okay, this is what I want to accomplish? Is it a daily, weekly, or monthly basis? How do you do that? Well, I follow, uh, there's a thing called Agile Agile Results. Uh, let me see if I can get you the uh, the website. It's called, there's a website called gettingresults.com. Gettingresults.com, and it's, uh, it's this uh, particular project uh, uh, methodology called the Agile, Agile yeah. Project. Um, and what this is is basically, if you if you go to that site um, and there's a particular post there, um, you can actually read. They have a book that you could buy, but you can actually read the book online without having to pay for it. So hmm. you can actually read it online, and um, it talks about 
with agile results, it goes over what the uh, what they consider to be the rule of three. So you know, the rule of three means that you look at everything you want to accomplish in three. So for example, the day starts off. You know, like say for the day is always planned. You know, I always plan the day before. So if I if I'm looking at if I'm looking at the week, if I'm at the beginning of the week, then typically on a Friday, I, I do this on a Friday. The Friday, the Friday before ne- last Friday, I sat down and I looked at what I, I started to think about what I wanted to accomplish this week coming in. Right. So I started to then look at my schedule and I started to plot on my schedule those things that. Uh, I knew that needed to be done. You know, the just the the basic stuff. You know, the the fact that I'm working out, the fact that I, you know, I may have to run an errand here or there, the call that we had here today, all that is scheduled on the calendar. Then I start to look at, hey, you know, what are the three outcomes that I want at the end of the week? You know, at the end of the week, if nothing got done, if I only got those three things done, what would they be? Okay, and you know, those would coincide with whatever the three goals for the month would be. So kind of all everything just kind of you know goes up. So in other words, you know, what's what's my goal for this month? If I were to accomplish three big goals, what would they be? And then you break those down into increments. So every week you look at what are the top three goals that I want to do this week. But at the same time, like say if I if my goal for this week was that let's say I wanted to create a an hour video about a particular topic, right? Yeah. I can't just write on my to-do list. I want to create that. To- I want to create a video on that topic. What I got to start doing is I got to think about okay, what's the process for me to create that video? I have to create the slides. I have to then uh, take time in order to maybe review the slides. Then I got to record it. Then I got to edit the video. All those are things that need to be put on the schedule. So I have to then say to myself, okay, when when am I going to go ahead and work on the slides? Okay, I'm going to work on a Monday morning. So how much time do I need? You know, maybe I'll, I'll earmark an, uh, an hour worth of time. So that goes on the schedule. And so you know, so every day basically I look at what I want to accomplish during the week and I start breaking them down and really putting them on the schedule. And uh, for me, it just helps me knowing at, the, at 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 when I go in, you know, tomorrow. You know, before the day is over, you know, tomorrow, before before tomorrow starts, I know at the beginning of the day exactly what I need to do that day, step by step, who I have to talk to, what appointments I have for my with myself or maybe other people. So for me, um, I use Agile Results, which is uh, like a project management type of methodology, and I think it'd be great for people to look at this because it'll give them. It give them a framework to work to set up their different goals. You know what? What's your work goal? Your personal your, your personal goals, and to be re- really start mapping them out in your calendar. And I think people will really start to realize how little time they have, and the fact is that they really can't accomplish as much as they think they can accomplish. And they really have to start narrowing their focus down and really fo- you know to, to 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 get the meaningful things done and not waste time on a lot of stuff that doesn't need to get done. Now, Chris, how how good are you at keeping the or doing everything that is on your calendar. Um, um, I have my calendar is color coded. So, for example, uh, I I have things in color red that are things that must get done without fail for that day, and then I have things that are in blue, which are scheduled, but I have some flexibility. So, for example, our call today was a red, it was in red because it's a fixed item. Okay. Um, for example, I have another. I uh, have an appointment here at 4:30 on another call, and that one's a fixed, you know, time. But for example, at nine o'clock, I had three or four things scheduled, and they kind of all overlap with each other, uh, just simply because, um, uh, you know, I, I I wasn't sure 100% how long one was going to take over the other. 
So it's a bit more loose. I know that between 9 and 12 uh, this morning, I was working on about four or five different things. They didn't need to be precisely all of them. Mm -hmm. Hey, this one starts at this time and then ends here, and then this one starts here. They were all overlapping over each other uh, because they weren't fixed, but they were still on my schedule, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. Um, um, And then, you know, I just, for me, this has been working out great because um, uh, it just helps me stay focused on it really for the most part it, it lets me know that I really don't have as much time as I think I have yeah that's one of my problems too yeah. definitely big time I mean I, I think this is problem I think this is really interesting this whole conversation because it relates to uh, it relates to your business no matter what kind of business you're in uh, it's so easy for us to just get overwhelmed uh, with all the things we have to do and have really no focus and not get anything done. Yes. Um, I'm totally guilty of that. You get to the end of the week and you're like, wow, what did what I happened? do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, think, I think the other part of it is, is this is also so, something I learned from Rich Shepard is he always says that uh, at the end of the day, you have to be willing to have things left undone, right? So, you know, people sometimes say, you know, you hear this all the time. You know, people say, you know what? I return my calls every day by the end of the day. You know, like, like it's like, this is what I do. Somebody calls me, I will call them back. You know, my opinion is, it just depends. Not everybody deserves a call back because <laughs> at the end of the day, I may not have time to call everybody that calls me. Yeah. Sometimes I return a call and it's two or three days later that somebody calls me. And, you know, my, 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 my attitude is, if you don't like it, that's tough because, you know, the fact is that, that, you know, just the fact that you called me doesn't obligate for me to call you back, number one. You know, number two, I just don't have enough hours in a day, so I have to make some hard choices. And sometimes those, hard, those choices are good for you, but people may not like those choices, you know. But it's, you know, I always say it's, you know, um, it's their problem, not my problem, you know. Yeah. So uh, if, if, if you, if somebody calls me because they want, inf- you know, they're calling me about, a particular item and I'm busy today and what they're what they're calling me about can wait a day or so then I may take them I may take a day or two to call them back but you know or if I have to do's to do's that need to get done a couple of things if you have to do's that need to get done then um, if you put to do's to do on your schedule and they don't get done you have to be okay at the end of the day with letting things you know be undone however the only caveat to that is that if you continually have to-dos, to-dos, to-dos on your to-do list I just continue to add up and you're always having to constantly shift them over to the next day because you never do them, then that's a problem that you're actually um, you're you're, you ha- you're, you're, mis- um, uh, you're not really uh, realistic about the amount of time that you have in a day and the, and the to-dos that you're setting for yourself to get done before the end of the day. And uh, for me I find that always um, if you let to-dos sit long enough eventually they take care of themselves because either a somebody yeah. just says oh you know i don't need that anymore or you just realize that you didn't want it to do it in the first place and it didn't really matter um yeah but i'm just a big proponent and you know, i just a bit i always i just people that that work that uh that work alongside me know that i'm a real big stickler for for the schedule you know i just if it's not on the schedule it doesn't exist so that's good that's real good. I can see how that can help you keep your sanity. 
Yes. Um, because also, too, at the end of the day, if you have everything on your schedule, then you can relax because now you, you, you know that everything you're supposed to do, it's on that schedule. You know, you don't have, you're not worrying about, oh, my God, I want to, you know, all this to-do list that I have with a million items. You know, that to-do list with a million items, I have, to, I have a to-do list, which is my admin list that probably has about 20 items, 25 items in there. Those I get done, you know, I set blocks of time to do admin stuff. And when I set, you know, when I sit down to do admin stuff, then um, I'll work off of that list. But that list is non-urgent, you know, items that I could do whenever. You know, that's that if I don't if they don't get done, it's not that big of a deal, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's uh, I wanted to just mention that because I think that's an, and, and so the tools that I use, I use Google Calendar and uh, I actually to keep track of to do's. I use uh, uh, a software called Teamwork PM dot net. Um, oh, yeah. What? What I do is it's kind of for people that are familiar with Basecamp. It's kind of a Basecamp. I I look at it as Basecamp on steroids, just because it's a lot, I like it's a lot more features, bells and whistles. But in essence, um, I use that because I work with a team of people, so it helps when you're delegating stuff. But even if you're working off of that by yourself, I like to break things down into projects. So instead, in other words, instead of having, you know, if, if you have if you take your to do list. And, and and say you have a, a, a to-do list that you, you do a brain dump and you jot down everything you got to get done and that to-do list is 50 items. Typically, you can break those items down into projects. Okay. So say, for example, you might have a, a, you know, you might have a project for finance, which is, you know, bills you got to pay, maybe things you got to cancel here or there. Maybe you got to, you know, check on this or check on that or whatever the case is, all those could be grouped together. So I tend to group tasks together based on projects. So I have an admin project. I have a finance project. Um, stuff on my, uh, like my, I have a, I, I recently created a, um, a project called life insurance because um, I need to make some modifications to my life insurance policy, and so that's a project unto itself because it requires several steps. You know, I got to call this person, call that, get a quote from here, make some changes here. Um, so I'm a big fan of um, there's a, a methodology called getting uh, uh, getting things done by David Allen, and he published a book called Getting Things Done. And in that book, he talks about the fact that if you have a to do, you know, call Joe. That's a to-do. That's just a very simple item that you can do. But most things are not to-dos. Most things are projects. So if the project is, say, the, if I have a, uh, like, for example, I can't have a to-do that says record video because that, that record video is, is, you know, encompasses a bunch of different things. It's, it's yeah. me writing the slides, reviewing the slides, recording the video, editing the video. So that really is a project. I have a project called Make This Video. And now that project has a whole bunch of different to-dos. And when you start breaking things down, you realize that that a lot of times your to-do list is not a list of to-dos, but a, a list of projects. And the reason why you don't really do them is because you haven't really broken them down into the very specific items that you need in order to kind of start chipping away at them. So I use Teamwork PM by creating a bunch of different projects for anything I want to do. And then I can put timelines, I can put milestones, I can put due dates and everything else. And that's how I manage everything. And that's how I manage pretty much everything I, I got to do. I do it off of there. And it's convenient because it's online. So I use different computers. I have a Mac, I have a Windows, I have a, uh, an iPad. So it doesn't matter where I'm at. I have access to the information because it's 100% online. And I use that really in conjunction with Google Calendar. Those are my two main tools that I use in order to keep track of things that I got to do and commitments, et cetera, et cetera. Good.
real good. Well, it's, it's helpful um, to be reminded of that stuff. And I, and I like the idea of putting that on a schedule. And um, I've recently bought a timer um, where if, there's, if I'm sitting down to do something, um, it helps if I have this timer going because I know it should take me 15 minutes to do it. So if I set this timer <laughs> right next to my computer, I can look at it and say, oh, man, okay, I just got to get this done, just got to get it done. I, it's, it makes it harder for me to get distracted and go wander into uh, Facebook or something. Yeah. You know, I, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, Facebook. I hate, you know, especially uh, those uh, real estate groups. Oh, yeah. There, there's yeah, one yeah. really lame one out there right now. Like, really what is that lame group out some, there? Some guy from Virginia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wholesaling yeah. houses, wannabe, wannabe, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think, think it's something guy, like that. The guy has his high school picture on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, I, I think that the best advice I can give people is that, is that, yes, there's a certain amount of time and effort and, uh, and, and knowledge and expertise required in order to do real estate deals. But I think that when you, when you sit back and look at it, that I think that there's the, the, an equal – if not even greater effort needs to be placed into um, into into in your mental and in, in your mindset and you know um, I guess I use I hate to use the word discipline but you know in how you work and keeping yourself organized and yeah. uh, putting a system in place so that then you could stay focused and having a system in place so that every week you review your goals, you understand, you know, what your main goal is that you want to accomplish over the next, you know, three to six months. But then breaking that goal down and realizing what are the different steps that need to be taken in order to be able to accomplish that. And I think that that's as equally as equally important in achieving success in this or any other endeavor. Um, and I think that a lot of times, you know, people underestimate uh, how much, you know, just how much of an importance that is. Um, and I and I I'm one that I'm always working on that. I'm always listening listening to stuff. Um, so I think that you just you know my recommendation is definitely I, I love the John Kehoe stuff, the Mind Power book, and the audio cassettes. I definitely would listen to those. Um, just simply and, and and also look at that uh, gettingresults.com website, which is the agile. Uh, you can read the book uh, right there online, and I think those two things there would really help you. So I think my recommendation is is number one is is the mind power stuff to get your head in the game and to keep your keep your mental state where it should be, have control of your mind. Um, number number two is the the agile, meaning uh, the the, the results.com. Read the book; you can read it online. You can buy it on Amazon if you want. But that is a great framework for uh, for setting up your goals and kind of setting up your plan of action. And then, then another one would be the work the system. Work the system I think is great because it allows you to look at the fact that anything that happens in your life, whether it be work or personal, revolves around the system. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you have a system. You know, you sit down in the toilet, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair, you do all this stuff. It's a system that you follow so that at the end of the day, when you venture out into the real world, people don't look at you like either you're a bum on the street or they're, you know, running away from you because you smell and your teeth, you know, smell funny <laughs> and all that other stuff. Right. But, you know, life is just – everything you do in life is, is a system and it and applies to work and applies to, uh, to, to your personal life. And I think that, uh, you know, if, if you go and you, you look at those three things that I just mentioned, I think uh, people will get a lot out of 
it, a lot out of that. And I think it'll help you dramatically, not only in your real estate life, but in your personal life or anything else that you're doing. If you have another business and you're doing real estate on the side, the stuff I recommended can only help you, can only help you. And I'm recommending it from the standpoint of that I've gone through that material uh, at least two or three times and I continue to go through it all the time. Chris, didn't you come out with a course at one time about time management? I did. Management? I did. Um, I did come out with a course on time management. Actually, it's I don't sell it anymore. It's actually uh, for people. Um, we, we, we sometimes offer that as a bonus for people that are um, uh, that sign up for virtual wholesaling. So a lot of the virtual wholesaling members, really, if you are a virtual wholesaling member, uh, then you get that uh, as part of your membership because we think it's really important. But we don't sell that separately. It just happens to be that it's part of um, uh, for people that are uh, interested in, you know, that sign up for virtual wholesaling. Um, if you if you don't mind, I can give you I can give people. Oh yeah, the, please do because we're probably getting we're, we're probably getting outside of your scheduled window. Yeah, for you're, this you're interview. <laughs> outside of my scheduled window, and uh, I have alarms. My body's tingling. I have. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you that are interested yeah, in learning more virtual wholesaling, you can go to flipanywhere.com, flipanywhere.com, uh, and just go there. There's some great videos that I have there, information. You can sign up for one of our free webinars to learn more about the system. And, um, you know, it's, it's a simple system. Uh, it's based around direct mail. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have, you know, if you Google my name, Google the system, uh, you're not going to find really anything negative to say. We really have a great customer service team. And, you know, for every, anybody that gets involved, they know. And, and I talked to somebody today that said, you know, uh, one of the things that really struck me about your organization is the fact that, you know, uh, the customer service people, everybody from you know, everybody was really supportive and, and helpful as far as getting things done and uh, any questions that that they had, the students have, and so um, we really pride ourselves in that. And uh, but if you go to flipanywhere.com, there's a series of videos there that I have that are really some great information for anybody starting out, and um, I think you get a lot out of it. And you know, if you want, you can just register for one of the webinars, and uh, you get an opportunity to to get involved with virtual wholesaling. You know. Um I'll I'll vouch for you too, Chris. Uh, yours was one of the first courses I bought on on wholesaling, and um, used it and uh, loved it. it. It works, and I still refer to it occasionally today. Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's definitely been one of the the system that I use actually on a monthly basis um, yeah. with the direct mail. Yeah. To get everything, uh, just just keeps it moving, keeps the deals coming in, keeps the checks cashing, so everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I, the only the only negative is that I don't get royalties for all the deals you made. Oh, I know. <laughs> Small technicality. I have to work on that. Exactly. You know what? We live here in South Florida. It's expensive. You know, we have you know power boats. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday nights. You know, uh, drink, uh, binge drinking, and all that other stuff that happens down here in, in, in South Florida. So that is uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Takes you know, takes a lot, a lot of money to run those Lamborghinis and Ferraris down here. People don't realize <laughs> the right. price of gas and everything. It's horrendous, absolutely horrendous. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you for your time, Chris. We really appreciate it, and I, I think everybody will agree this was better interview than Sean Terry's. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, much, much better. <laughs> and uh, but the guys, I'll have the uh, I'll have Chris's website in the show notes, uh, flipanywhere.com. Go check him out. And uh, I'm looking at your website right now. 
it looks good. You got a lot of free information on here that's um, really good. Yes, yeah. there's some good videos there. Uh, I think there's a video called uh, Behind Closed Doors, which is a pretty good video. It talks about the whole focus aspect. And, uh, you know, just uh, go go there, check it out. And, Sounds uh, a little scandalous. Scandalous. Behind Closed <laughs> Doors. That's right. <laughs> it's rated R. <laughs> rated R. There is no nudity, though. I tried to... That's why it's R. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only foul language. Uh, yeah. All right. Joe, Joe's cringing. He's like, please don't curse. Please, please just don't. <laughs> we, we kept you to one word. That's not bad at all. I did. I did restrict to one word. One of the, one of these days, we'll have to have a, 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 a an R or R-rated call where basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think Mitchell. we'll be talking about any real estate in that situation. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you do over there in Virginia, Alex, but we'd definitely like to know. There's not a whole lot to do down there, right? So there has to be something that keeps you occupied. But we'll leave that for another podcast. Oh, we're at Virginia Beach here, man. Resort City. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we need to do a. We need to do yeah, some kind of What? Nobody wants to. You know, nobody wants to do a boot camp at Virginia Beach. I bet you. I I've been thinking about doing a boot camp. Uh, not a boot camp, but an event down here. And I think people will come down here. I think the only problem with down here is that the time that people would come down here, it's too expensive to hold an event because it's, it's the uh, season. So, like, uh, at one point I was trying to see if I could hold an event here, you know, around November, December, January, February. It was ungodly expensive, not only for the room, but also for the hotel. You know, like, the, the, the hotel... The hotels would the hotel rooms would have cost more than the seminar. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'm Virginia serious. Beach, man, you check it out. It's a resort. You got hotels all along the ocean front, and all the shops and bars or whatever you want to call it, right across the street from that. So it's mm. it's it's nice. We should talk about doing that seriously. Uh, yeah, Alex and and Chris, we might let you come. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't, you know, you, you have to. There wouldn't be no party without Chico. Whoa, yeah, that's true. Well, maybe yeah. we could get you and Sean Terry, us four, do it. Two days? I don't, I don't know. I don't like the uh, Virginia Beach part. Come on! <laughs> oh, the Virginia Beach just doesn't. There's not. There's not that. You know. I don't know. It just doesn't seem. You know, when we had the event, we had them in. Uh, you were there, Alex, in uh, New Orleans. Yes, I was. Now that that was fun. Yeah, yeah, I guess that was good. That was a fun time. Yeah. Are you saying that because it wasn't? Are you saying because you didn't? <laughs> maybe you didn't go out drinking till five o'clock in the morning. Yes, I, I the, did not the, do that. Right, yeah. <laughs> <You messed up. laughs> oh. All right, guys. Well, listen. I uh, I hope that the everybody enjoyed the content. You know, uh, I guess we did. We did talk about some non real estate specific stuff, but I think I think it's important. Yeah, uh, it was good. You know, and, and I think that uh, hopefully people get out, a lot out of it. And I appreciate you guys having me in the call and and the support. And and really, I'm flattered. You know, I I, uh, I I'm really always flattered when you know when somebody says that they use the materials and and really just happy that uh, that they got something out of it. They made deals, and you know, for me, that's that's great. I love it, and I appreciate you guys uh, being supportive of me. And uh, so, thank you very much for having me on. So, thank you. Thank you, Chris. No problem at all, Chris. All right. right. See you guys later. Hey, don't forget, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to get the uh, show notes of this uh, episode. And we are eventually going to have all of these episodes uh, transcribed so you can actually read them uh, if listening to them is not enough for you. 
And um, we have our bonuses on there, the Fast Cash Survival Kit. That's absolutely free. So uh, we'll, until next week, uh, have, a good, uh, have a good week. See you guys. Take care.